Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Episode 326 of the show. Uh, if you have not subscribed already, go to our Red Circle page. Just click in the episode notes of whatever app you're listening to the show on. There's a link there to sign up for our premium content, which we're doing just about an extra show a week at this point. I don't want to commit to that, but that's what we've been doing and it's pretty fun and it's like a whole extra 45 minutes to an hour of non-movie review content so if you're into us talking about regular stories uh check out the check out the premium content redcircle.com um as always i would like you to reach out to us if you can send us an email the email address is mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com additionally a light voicemail day today light light voicemail and email day today so um 949-464-TBLS is the voicemail line you can reach out to us there uh what did we review last week can't buy me love oh angel has fallen if you haven't checked that out go back and listen to episode 325 angel has fallen the gerard butler vehicle where he plays a third in a series that's my understanding where he plays a Secret Service agent framed for the attempted assassination of President Morgan Freeman. You're going to want to check that out. It's fantastic, and it's the movie's great, but our review of it is even better. So check that out, episode 325. I'm joined now, as I am every week, by Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Hey, um, I saw my parents this weekend separately. And uh, as, it was pretty funny. As they're not married. Correct. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had, I went down to that general area and I. Oh, they live in the same town. They live 15 minutes from each other. Gotcha. To 20 maybe. Right. So I was able to see both in one day. Um, and it's funny. I guess it's just, you reach a certain age. Both parents were like complimentary in my book. Both of them were like, I don't agree with everything. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what you have against Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I noticed. Did that it's come funny, up? Like, in that's any- a weird. That's a weird thing for people to. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take a stand for Jimmy Buffett and and my dad. The one thing growing up, he was into cool music. Like he sure. he went to college, I think sixty six to seventy, and so he was always playing. Whether it's Beatles, Stones, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix, The Doors, like he was into stuff that was like cool for the time. Sure. And he never would have been into a Jimmy Buffett, but he's he's into it now. Uh, well, he's. It's like it's not my favorite, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind hearing Margaritaville every once in a while. I was like, no, never. Well, yes, but he's you know he's gives people of a certain generation a warm feeling of yeah yeah my dad just turned 72 right being on a beach 
maybe down in the Keys. Yeah, I guess. That's Sip- why the retirement thing is going so well. For right. Him. Sipping a rum cocktail in a hammock, strumming a guitar. I feel like this is the lyrics. I feel like I'm, I'm into the lyrics right now. Got your, <laughs> got your flip flops on. Yeah. Not a care in the world. You know, like yeah. it's not for me. You got that mixed drink in the blender. Yeah, all that. And stuff. there's a few bands like that. Like I shit on the Eagles all the time. And the Eagles, I don't like the Eagles, but I, I can agree. Spoiler alert, by the way, some Glenn Fry content coming up later in the show. Uh, I can I can admit that the Eagles are a good band and they have good songs and they they do that thing that do, that, I, that I agree with that. Right. But I I will not ever understand the the argument that. Jimmy Buffett writes good music. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's not good music. <laughs> right. Cheeseburger in Paradise? Fuck out of here. It's horrible, but I get I get why people like it. And same with the Eagles. The Eagles, I just, I don't want to hear it anymore. I've heard it. Yeah. I've heard Hotel California. I've heard it. Heard it. Heard it. They do. Desperado. Yeah, well, we're good. Heard it. Uh, all of them. The Dirty Laundry, that's the worst one they have. Uh, I don't even know that. Um, but I also had a... Uh, an exchange today, I have a college friend that is, um, I mean, it, you know, it, people start going in different directions. And not yeah. that this guy wasn't already leaning a little bit right, but like we're just not aligned at all. politically. But he's just kept posting. He posted like a few uh, days ago. People, de- people defaced. A picture, I mean, a statue of Winston Churchill. This is a man that stood up to Nazis. How could they do that? And I let it slide because I do recognize the greatness of what Churchill did, but I also recognize why people are not huge fans of Churchill. Yeah. I, I can see that either way. People are multifaceted. You know, there's you, in my book. Yeah. Some people are on the best list and also on the worst sure. list. Sure. Both places. Right. Um, but he posted another one of these. He's like, oh, just a matter of time before Andrew Jackson gets pulled down. <laughs> I was like, fun fact, Andrew Jackson's an irredeemable piece of shit. Yeah, like, that's not I mean, we're talking genocide here. Yeah, that's known, though. Like no one's not like yeah. I'm not the biggest student of history, but I know that Andrew it's Jackson was. A, if you know one fact about him, you know that. Yeah, yeah he killed he killed lots of Indians. And I was like, he's he's terrible. Yeah. And he was like, well, he's a war hero and you can't who decides. I was like, I'll decide. How about me? I can decide who's good and bad. But but it's weird. And then he the way he lashed out was immediately like, well, how come in 1998 your candidate Joe Biden praised this guy? I was like, hang on a second. I'm talking about Andrew Jackson. Yeah. And two. You find recording or anything in writing of me praising fucking Joe Biden. Yeah. We did a whole show called Cancel Biden. That's I'm, right. Look, November is about is about uh, picking who you like the least and voting against and them. But also, Joe Biden. I'm not a Joe Biden guy. Joe Biden is likely to die by then. So this could be. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it yeah. immediately and he's like, just because you don't, you know, whoever's not uh, agreeing with your politics is a racist. Like what? I never even used the word politics. Yeah. It's yeah. it's got so fucking tribal that yes. like I'm not talking about politics. I was talking about Andrew Jackson and technically 
if you'd say I'm leftling, I'm a Democrat. Well, Andrew Jackson is the first Democratic president, right? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. those parties are totally different now, but right. But but anyway, like, what? Uh, why does having to take a stance on racism, like, yeah. well, your point of view and your po- politics, like, I don't know. Yeah. Look, I don't get it. I don't. I mean, people conflating uh, the Confederate statues with politics, like, this isn't politics. Uh, this is just, no, this is not that. Right. The Confederate dudes lost. Who else? Who else do we celebrate that we beat in war? Yeah, they they lasted four years. The Confederacy. And somebody did a funny tweet, like tweet me things that lasted longer than the Confederacy, and there were a lot of funny responses. College. Mine was college. (laughs) Mine was was the TV show Mama's Family, but like terrible show. There's I was trying to I mean, there's so many terrible things that last longer than four years and we're still and people. I mean, the whole NASCAR thing. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, let's let's just calm down. This isn't politics. This is fucking the Confederacy. Right. Fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. I don't celebrate anybody that tried to overthrow the government in the United States. Yeah. Like, I don't have I'm, I'm not going to I'm not up for putting any Hirohito statues no. up anywhere. <laughs> Oh, and then another response my buddy said to me, he's like, well, to what end? Are we going to rename the uh, Woodrow Wilson Highway? And I was thinking, who's fucking dying on the hill of Woodrow Wilson? That guy was a huge piece of shit. <laughs> did, is he the, did he start the UN? Was he, wasn't that Woodrow, uh-huh. Woodrow Wilson? You're thinking of League of Nations? Is that like- yeah, League of Nations. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. He- he was an isolationist, wasn't he, Woodrow Wilson? I, I well, get he kept us. He, he ran on. The, he kept us out of war until yeah. like a few weeks later when he didn't keep us out of yeah. war. Yeah. Um, but he he cozied up to uh, the KKK and you know rolled back all kinds of progress we had been making since the Civil War. Right. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of pieces of shit on the list. Right. You know. But I, again, yeah. like what, what we're fighting for Andrew Jackson and. Woodrow Wilson, it's, yeah. look, if, if they're making people angry and there's justifiable reason, we, we didn't need to put up. We were just talking about this on the bonus content. Yeah. Be real careful with your statues. Yeah. Yep. That's just, it's it's well, we don't need to rehash it. Right. But it's my John McEnroe tattoo corollary. Yeah. Just got to make sure there's not like a triple homicide or right. some on, get some touch. Tate, Tatum O'Neill uh, tried. Tatum O'Neill tried to say he tuned her up. Yes. But she was on crack I mean, at the time. And right. he's no one else corroborated the tuning. And I, and I don't feel like Tatum O'Neill really died on that, on the, I got tuned up by John McEnroe Hill. I think she was a little annoyed. I mean, it's, but it's, again, it gives me pause. Right. It's just, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to get a John McEnroe tattoo and then find out he's got 16 year old pen pals, you know, like that's not. I'm just not, I'm just not tying my fucking, I'm not tying my dinghy to, uh, to anybody these days. My only tattoos are my kids' names. If yeah. they fuck up, like, yeah, if they fuck up, like, well, I mean, that's probably on me. I have, I have tattoos featuring my kids' names and they, they think it's so funny and lame. They're like, come on, dad, our names. They're like, they like totally of all. I probably have like six tattoos and those two are the ones that 
easily my children think are the <laughs> lamest ones I have is the ones of their names. Uh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, let's do anything else. No, let's no, do no. some, let's do some voicemails. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring and worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 for ish. Okay. A few emails here. Hey, guys. Voicemails. Houston. I am catching up and uh, just getting into the, uh, the discussion on how do you tip a delivery driver, like Postmates or whatnot. My conundrum is... Do they get to see how much you're tipping when they grab your food and put it in the car? Because no. I'd like to tip cash, yeah, but I don't want them to think that I'm not tipping anything, and then they throw my shit in the car like it doesn't matter oh. because I'm a cheapskate, which I'm not. Yeah. So um, how does this work? I don't – do I tip a little bit? Do I give them a little bit extra cash to yeah. make up yes. at the point of delivery or whatever? Um also, I've got a, a Mexican joint close to my house that I go to all the time, and yeah. uh, I always throw them a 20. Yeah. I mean, because that is the baller lifestyle. Right. Anyway, there you go. See yeah. you later, guys. You want to be known around there. You want to be known around there. Yeah. So we discussed this before. For Postmates or Uber Eats or whatever you get delivered, DoorDash. They're crushing them, right? Like, they're killing the, the delivery people's yeah. margins. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing well. It, but it's my understanding – no, but I'm saying they're they're literally smashing what the delivery people can earn. Don't they like take away a lot? Oh, I don't know. I think, I think the problem is, and it's like who works in cash these days. Yeah, but I think the delivery people are losing out by going through those those companies so, that they're taking their taste. And there's not you know there's not a ton of tip to go around. Yeah, yes. Somebody's wedging themselves in between, and the restaurant gets paid their money. Right. So I think I think the person that gets hurt is the delivery person. So the ideal thing is to tip in cash. Yeah, cash is king. Now Drew's talking about he must when when you do the order, it gives you the option to tip. But I don't. I don't think I only use Postmates, and I don't think it gives you the tipping option until the delivery is made. Because I think he's kind of saying he makes the order. I think sometimes it goes when you're making the order it goes. Hey, how much do you want to tip on this? And it'll be like you know, 15, 18, 20, 25 or whatever. So maybe he's talking about that. I usually go zero there because I give them money when they show up. And right. if, the problem is, yeah. do you have the cash? Right. If I have the cash, if I don't have the cash, then I just tip on the app, but I do it after they deliver. It says, Hey, you know, um, Darren has delivered your food. Do you want to go ahead and leave him a tip? And then I'll just tip right. in the app. But right. I, that's when I do when I used to take Uber before yeah. it was canceled. Right. Um, right. I, I would tip after the fact. Right. I assume Uber Eats works the same way. Same. Yep. 
Um, send- I've never used any of that stuff. Yeah. And I told you, I'm doing pickup at all these places in Hoboken. Yeah. So I, I tip just, you know, you at gr- the counter. You grease them. You grease them when you go yeah. in there. Yeah. But, Cat- but I'm I'm signing. I'm, I'm working it with the restaurant. I'm not right. using any of these companies. Right. So they see my tip right at the counter. Right. It's uh, but you live in a city, you know, those of us in suburban areas, it's more, no, I get it. we have fewer I, options. I think it's got, I think, I think you gotta try to have some cash around for yeah, those reasons. Totally. Cause it's, I yeah. think they get screwed. Yeah, they do. they do. I think, I think, um, if you tip through the app, the app takes a taste of their tips. Plus they got to report it, Uh-oh. you know, so cash that just goes in their pocket. Nobody knows about that. Cash is king. So have some cash. Cash is always Right. You got to have, and if you got kids, kids are always asking for money. So you need cash around because they need money for shit. So just have some cash right. around and give it to your kids and the delivery guys. Okay, here's another one. Or not. Click the button, Brian. Hey, so I saw your boy, uh, Chris. Delia, or however you. Oh, this is LSU Lala. Yeah, pronounce his name. I haven't heard from him. Oh, in a while. Did, so that so that just happened in the last week. The Chris Delia. Delia. Yeah. Delia. Yeah. I never really. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have super negative opinions on him. Sure. But I never really cared about him. Yeah. I didn't know. I, you know, I, it's weird. I what kind of career he had? He's he was very big. He was probably one of the biggest touring comedians going really? right now. Yeah. I mean, he plays like big, I knew theaters. him, but I, I didn't know his act. Yeah. He's oh. got a, he's got, he's kind of like big. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like he's very expressive type of comic storyteller. Not like a, not like a one liner guy. Um, I was a fan. I mean, he's funny. His podcast is fucking hilarious. And in general, his, his Instagram was funny. Um, that said, uh, his, his behavior is abhorrent and he will never return to Uh, any platform you've ever heard of again. He's, I thought, um, Whitney Cummings tweet, I guess she's helped him, helped his career out in some way. Yeah. She put him she cast him in her show. Yeah, but she I thought her tweet was really good. She's like, you should be able to be a fan of a guy. A girl can be a fan of a male comedian without this expectation. And also adults have to be adults. I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. And maybe maybe um, LSU's uh, voicemail gets into this. But it is weird when somebody does something fucking shitty. It's like it's all his friend's fault, too. Yeah, Whitney Cummings. Right. Come on, like, explain yourself. Do you think he's like, hey, Whitney, um, check out this 16-year-old girl I'm asking for nudes right now. Do you think that's something of all people he would share with her? I mean, it just doesn't yeah. doesn't really make right. sense. Okay, let's hear it. And then, yeah. all right, what, well, I, I do have two questions. So Joe Rogan was in the news this week because he said people who wear masks are pussies, right? Is that what so his thing was? he was... He, Yes, but he was he said it to another comedian. He was interviewing Bill Burr. Right. So it was I don't know Joe Rogan's stance. I think he is sort of skeptical of a lot of things, but I don't know that he was taking a hard stance against masks. He's like, are you I think he said to Bill Burr, he's like, are you wearing a mask? And Bill Burr's like, yeah. And he's like, pussy, like 
Right. Just in, kind in of growy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, a big, uh, listener of his, but right. I know you do. So I was curious. Yeah. And then I also saw Jeff Ross was trending and you know how you see trending yes. and I would click on it and be like, Oh, what's he trending for? And it, and it would just be people going, Oh, great. Yeah. Jeff Ross is trending. Whoa. Well, then what, what I'm clicking on, what are you trending for? I know. And then it's like, you know, just like make, <laughs> make a big banner for the fucking boomers in the audience that just when we click, it says, this is why this person is trending. Here's the latest tweets. Or here's the here's the thing that started because I don't know either, but somebody told me that he has also been accused by a uh, as being somebody that once approached an under underage girl, but he's he vehemently denies it, and he, he according to him, it's been adjudicated already in through the media. Okay. So I, again, I, this yeah. was more a question because I saw trending and yeah. then I got exhausted yes. in the 30 seconds of trying to find out what yeah. it was. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll just figure it out in a couple of days. Yeah. I don't know. I mean like cancel everybody. Don't be a fan of anything. Don't. Yeah. It's hard. You just can't. Like you just don't well, know don't these people. Don't be a fan of fucking Andrew Jackson. Well, no one's, a, no one's a fan of, except Trump who's an idiot. So my buddy. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm a fan uh, of. About Andrew Jackson of is something that you told me that I didn't know about him is that he's like he was like six five a hundred and thirty pounds and he he subsisted on exclusively on cheese and whiskey. Jeez. He had his he had a party with a giant wheel of cheese that they eventually had to take it out because it was rotting the White House. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Oh, and another thing that I was accused of, he's like, well, if you're so perfect. You once lived in a fraternity house that had a picture of uh, uh, Robert E. Lee on the wall in the chapter room. I I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Apparently, the, the the fraternity started at Washington and Lee University. Yeah. So I just thought that's why. And and I got kicked out of the first fraternity. I was in the fraternity for a year. And I went yeah. to London and never went back. But uh, <laughs> I got kicked out of the first meeting. I was like, what's with the white bearded loser? And they, they threw me out. Well, did he, did he attend your university? Like the, then you definitely should not have won that, that juice tournament that we did. If you're, no, if you no, kept no, no. from us that Robert E. No, no, Lee no. was a university of Maryland no, alum. No, no, no. It was the fraternity that like he was, it started oh. at Washington and Lee university. Right. Right. But like, yeah, like the, the heritage of a fucking garbage fraternity that I, I, totally. you know, I, I made some friends in there, but it was trash. I'm not a fraternity guy. Did you? And so I got out, but like, he was like, oh, well, if you're so great, why did you sleep in the same house as a, where's a picture? It's like, what? When I was 25 years ago, I, I slept in a house that had a, a a loser on its wall. What? (laughs) Well, that's, that's what about ism. You know, also false equivalency. It's a, it's, if you're if you're an Andrew Jackson fan, Andrew Jackson has to stand on his merits, right. regardless of it, anything else that's happened. Well, he's a war yeah. hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hear, let's hear what LSU with has to cheese. say. He was a hero with cheese. That I like about him. And got pop for perving on some chicks, and I think there was maybe one or two that were underage, but. It seemed like most of them were 18, 19, which legally is fine, and I guess visually is fine. But what I've never understood is what – I mean, 
if you're that age, good. If but uh, for men of a certain age, such as uh, you guys and myself, what what do you see in a eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old girl? I mean, yeah, like I said, visually, yeah, but experience wise, they're not gonna know what the hell they're doing. Um, Exhausted. How do you pass up on a milf? Right, and instead go for that. I mean, uh, I'm team MILF all the way. I oh, imagine no, you guys I, are the yeah, same, but at least language. I wanted to yep. see what uh, what you guys yep. thought. Yep, I, LSU. I, I mean, you're preaching the choir over here. I yeah, I am. I am all about it. Yeah. Uh, the MILF, the MILF uh, alternative to to you know barely legal type shit. The only thing, and this is I, the the tweet, I, and I did see what he was up to where he like if that girl was the age he was saying he was yep. he was specifically targeting her um but i think it must be weird when you're just a famous dude yeah and you're getting these kind of messages yes that, but that's I, but this he was specifically knowing she was underage living with her parents like this was this was different but i imagine there are some dicey situations where you know, you're just a guy on the road in oklahoma city or yeah. Columbus, and you're like, uh, I don't, uh, not sure what I'm supposed to do here. But yeah, I, in general, yes. target fucking 18 year old. No, what? no, it's yeah. there's definitely a, you know, a lot of a lot of Delia's last special was he, um, he kind of took like a contrarian view. It was actually pretty funny about how like comedians generally have come from. Um, problematic upbringings and that's why they go into that profession and his the whole second half of his last special was about how he had a great childhood he's from like pasadena area and uh he you know how he had a great mom and dad and like they were you know they always looked out for him and blah 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 i mean clearly he's got some issues with women because not only and i'm you know i'm not psychiatrist psychologist here but here's a guy that has some deep deep anger towards the opposite sex. And I always, you got it. You got to be wary of late, the late bloomers, because I think Chris D'Elia is one of these guys that didn't get a lot of attention from girls in high school and then grew into an adult. And he really had some residual anger for that. This is just what I'm reading into it, reading all the evidence that's, come down the pipe that he sort of wanted to pay back all these girls that didn't give him attention in a very unhealthy and disgusting way. That said, yeah. that said, I'm attracted to women. Yes. I like, absolutely. I like women. I like somebody with some confidence that knows what she's about. That's lived a little bit of a life that isn't, that can tell you how she wants things. I'm into that. And I, so I couldn't imagine when you're, famous i i would think that even though he had a younger fan base you're getting it thrown at you you get you got the buffet available to you right you go right so you don't only have to choose from high school girls living with their parents no no you go you you don't go down the you could go down the line and go you know what i'm gonna stay off the mac and cheese because i know there's some salisbury steak down there at the end you know what? No. Oh, I look. I'm looking ahead. They're carving a prime rib over there. I'm not. I'm not going to fill up on the Caesar salad. 
there's prime rib down at the end with horseradish. Do you get my metaphor, Ed? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the metaphor, but... uh, What do you mean? I mean, I I get what you're saying, but I don't know. Salisbury steak? I mean, I'm I'm probably going for mac and cheese over Salisbury steak. Well, you know what I mean. I switched it. I switched it to prime rib. Crab legs. I think the important thing is, proud of you, LSU Lala, you... You had the exact take I expected you to have. Of course. L- LSU's a great guy. He, he, he knows what, what kind of woman is the right type of woman. Yeah. Not a child. No. Don't go after fucking no. children. Imagine what you would, what do you talk to a 19-year-old about? Which, so a 19-year-old was, <laughs> was born in 01. Oh, <sighs> post 9-11. Post 9-11. Are you kidding? Like, what kind of conversation do you have? It's well, you'd be like, "Hey, uh, I remember when." Uh, hey, do you remember the show Friends? Oh yeah, I think my mom watched yeah, it. Like, exactly. you know, you, there's there's nothing you exactly. have in common. With the it's just it's insane. It's crazy. Okay, one more one more voicemail. What's up, guys? It's Drew in Houston again. Oh, double dip. Um, I forgot to call in and give you this earlier, but I just wanted to let all of the listeners. Um, know about a little uh, summertime cocktail I just discovered. I play a lot of golf, and it's hot as fuck. Well, this Drew sent me a video one time. A man can swing the sticks. He's a good golfer. Rip it and rip it. Yes, he, he sent me some video. He, I don't know if he won a contest or something, but they were like shooting something with him on the golf course, and my man was knocking it close. In Houston, and I had a guy introduce me to what's called a gator beer. It is basically a Miller Lite poured over ice in a styrofoam cup, nope. about Out. two-thirds full, and then topped with lemon-lime Gatorade. Fucking delicious. No, what? Electrolytes, hydration, a little bit of a buzz. All good. Anyway, just trying to do my part. Talk to you guys later. Bye. I appreciate it. He's kind of he's kind of appropriating the shandy, right, Ed? It's a... It's a yes. It's a I, beer. I, I've seen... These types of things before, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not my thing, but I, I get if you're playing golf, that might be different. If you're out baking in the sun, that yeah. might be the right drink. Yeah, I agree. But to me, I have a real issue. I can't. I don't fucks with beer on ice. I don't. I, it's not my thing, and you know, yeah. I haven't golfed in over ten years. Yeah, so. But I imagine that's the environment. Like, just sitting around, why would you have beer on ice? But maybe if you're, I mean, it's got to be pretty hot on the links in Texas these days. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I mean, Late a cold June, beer. Mid-June. Yeah. I get it. I, I would probably drink it. I'll be honest. It's like if somebody, as long as it's not Bud Light, if somebody offers me a beer or a beer cocktail, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. 100% chance. Okay. Let's do a couple voicemails and then we'll get into our movie emails or we, we still have that's more what voice- i meant emails uh ballers listening to the angel has fallen episode made me think of one of my favorite jokes what's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean i've never had a garbanzo bean on my face oh, also, no. also that's pretty good <laughs> Also, in fairness to Texas, people in the city use masks. Probably about 80% of the people have them on in grocery stores. 
In the suburbs, only 15% of people use them. Lots of red hats in those areas, too. Fuck Alex Garnaschelli. She's way worse than Guy Fieri. That's from Adam. Adam. Who's Alex Garnaschelli? TV chef. I've never heard of her. She's in, she's in New York. I don't, I can't, don't recall the name of her restaurant in New York, but I know she has one. And she seems like a delightfully nice woman. I don't think there's any reason to dislike her. Before we get to this week's movie, speaking of Guy, there is a petition out there. I mean, another problematic individual who didn't really do too much to get all the credit he gets in this country. Christopher Columbus. Now, there is a massive town in America, in Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, there's. I believe there's a college there. There, yes, mm-hmm. and there is a petition to rename, and it's has it has thousands of signatures to rename Columbus, Ohio, after one of its favorite sons. Yes, they're going to rename it Flavor Town. Wow, and I am on board with that. Absolutely, absolutely. Flavor Town, Ohio. Who's not on board with that? That would be the greatest thing ever. Amazing. Now. Guy Fieri was born in Columbus, Ohio, because it's that's I, that was the headline. It said I, uh, uh-huh. one of its famous native sons. Oh, interesting. So Do it. I didn't. I mean, come on. Flavor Town, USA. It's better than Bodie McBoatface. Well, close second. Um, OK, we could we can fight that battle later, but <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's pretty fucking good. You know, I mean, Columbus everybody agrees he was a real piece of shit he he was in it for the money and they were they were killing native babies when when he and got to the new world he didn't get to where right he's famous for getting he was to. he was chilling in like the bahamas or cuba yeah yeah he was not here right that's a very good point i imagine he's on the jerk list he sure is yes uh okay fellas your review of Angel Has Fallen is the first review you've done of a movie that I hadn't seen. Holy shit. I'm high as a Georgia pine cooking a burger and laughing my ass off listening to you guys. <laughs> because I have no idea what is going on. No, that's this, the point of the movie. This is either the best or the worst movie of all time. And damn it, now I have to watch it. Thanks for the laughs, Chris. Well, yeah, Chris, you do Chris, have to watch it. You do have to watch it. You just watch one of the three. You'll figure it out. Yeah, it is. So, well, I've only seen the third one. I told you I saw one of them on an airplane. I think it was the non-London one. Right. Is that now? Did that one have Eckhart in it? Eckhart's beautiful. I think. Yeah, I think it had him. But but Morgan Freeman was part of it. He, he well, must have been the VP. Yeah, we read that in the first right. one. He's like Secretary of Defense or something, and then Treasury maybe. And then in the second one, he's VP to the gorgeous Aaron Eckhart. Do you think that chin? Do you think Eckhart and GB Gerard Butler had a little beauty? contest that there was just too much beauty on the screen and the director's like we can't have both of these gorgeous men in one movie that's it's too much on the eyes it's like mary oh, hart's the first, like, yeah after the first season the first 
yes. uh, edition, they're like, right. yeah, this isn't going to work. Because Eckhart wasn't brought back. It's like Mary Hart's legs. Like both those guys come on the screen and they're both so <laughs> gorgeous that you're, <laughs> yeah, you start, you, you have a seizure. You have an, you have an epileptic episode because your eyes don't know where to look. They just start flickering, flittering. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's worth watching. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's worth watching. I mean, you, you mentioned that year you are high. Yeah. That's the, that's the perfect way to watch this movie. I would agree. Get, get a little stoned, lay back and just. You don't want to think too hard about no, plot holes. Well, you want to just you want to enjoy those yeah. drones. They just put the one guy. It's, it's just standard Secret Service protocol to just Back only door. have one guy guarding the service elevator. And, if, and if, if another guy shows up to guard the service elevator, you get you need to tell him to leave. Right. You don't because <laughs> it's a it's a one man job. Very, very. And then if you could just distract that guy, you could get past him very much like when they were going to blow up the new Death Star in uh, Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Same move. So we should, should we announce next week's? So everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. We don't always have it worked out. But um, this yeah, week, we, all, we planned and everything. We're we're ready this week. Hold on. I'm going to find the trailer and I'm just going to hold on. I've got to do a little production on the fly here. 1991 that came out. huh? Um, this is the movie we're doing next week. On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf, party, Mm. and make love for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll. 27 banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook. Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Keanu Reeves. You think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigos! Chills. Yeah. I got the chills. So next week we're doing point break. If you would like to hit us up with your takes on point break that we could incorporate into our review, you send us an email mailbag at the baller lifestyle.com voicemail nine, four, nine, four, six, four TBLS for point break. Uh, this week we did a different movie and I'm going to play the trailer for that. I want everybody to see you for what you are. The best kept secret in the NFL. You are the man. You ready? Yep. Let's go. Let's walk. My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Jerry Maguire! What can I do for you, Rod? Show me the money. Show me the money! Money! Can you sign my card? Sorry, little fella. I can't sign this brand of card. Only Pro Jam Blue Dot cards. And lately, it's getting worse. Came here to let you go. Pardon me? I came here to fire you, Jerry. Don't worry. I'm not going to do 
what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out. Overact. Who's coming with me? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. He's coming with me. I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. We're gonna be okay because I am gonna take my one client and we are gonna go all the way. Help me, Rod. Help me help you. Help me help you. You are hanging on by a very thin thread. <laughs> Talk about overacting. About you. you wanna go out to dinner? Some dudes might have the coin, but they'll never have the quan. Quan? It means love. Wish me luck. Whoa, hey! That is the first time I have ever seen him kiss a man just like a dad. Don't What's cry at the beginning of a date. Yeah, just Bonnie Hunt? Like I do. Is that her name? Yes, Bonnie Hunt. Ah. Quite possibly the worst thing about this movie is the Springsteen. The, the Springsteen song is terrible. Yeah, horrible. It's a lot of, like, love... Love each other, but they're both going through something. Remember the the first song in this trailer was the Pete Townsend song, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Remember how we all just collectively ignored the fact that he got he, caught with child pornography? He's he, like, oh, he's researching it for a book. He was researching a book. He had terrible th- things done to him as a out? child. Did that book come out? I don't. I don't. I don't follow. Despite having the same birthday as Pete Townsend, I don't follow his career. Really talk. <laughs> No one wants to listen to me. You know that feeling? You also, know. The Who is fucking you know awesome. Feeling? Right. Yeah. But we've all forgotten about well, Pete Townsend. Well, yes. If he, I would. That would be a problem. He did have lots and lots I mean, of... We're, we're talking about a guy who DM'd a 17-year-old. Pete Townsend, worse, what he was up to. Um. Yeah. It's... Well, I don't... What? I think he was going a little younger than seventeen. He was, but I don't. Know, I don't know that he actually has victims. I, I look, I like the Who too. Yeah, and I'm part of the collective group of people that have just forgotten about his research for his book. Right. But <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm. He could be a piece of shit, but Delia has actual victims, so yes. I would say it's slightly yeah. worse. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, okay, Jerry Maguire. One thing about that Springsteen song. It's horrible. I don't know if you remember. They play it three times in the movie. They play it three times in the movie, but on the radio, when this movie came out, they started playing it with clips of this movie in it. Like, you know, You Complete Me, all that stuff. They would put yeah. spliced in the song. Oh, right. No, that was like a version of the song. Yes, it would be on the radio. It was insane. But Howard Stern, they spliced it with the Gary call that where yes, he uh, made the video. I remember. Hello, hello. And it, that was really good. <laughs> I remember. I so remember. when I hear that song, I recognize it's bad. Yes. It's the worst Springsteen song, but thinking of the Gary tape was pretty good. Yeah, no, that is um, very good. It, much like the, um, when they took the, um, somebody took the Backstreet Boys, I want oh, it that way. And oh, yeah and change it to Casey is gay. And now if I ever hear that song, I always um, sing the KC lyrics to that song. And I'm, I miss Casey. I know. <laughs> he, he was down here, like near, he like lost his mind. Yeah. Actually. He was, he was living down here, like living in hotels and shit near, mm-hmm. near where I am here in Newport beach. Uh, okay. Jerry Maguire. 
1996 romantic comedy slash drama slash sports film. A little too ambitious, in my opinion. R- written, produced, and directed by Cameron Crowe, who's a guy that's... Fast Times... He sucks. Is, Fast Times, like, set him up to be something great. Right. But it was Heck- Heckerling who did Fast Times, right. right? He wrote the book, but I, my goodness... He's, he coasts on Fast Times. Hold on. Let's take a look at the Cameron Crowe well, he, that, filmography. That overrated, the overrated movie with Kate Hudson. So shitty. I didn't. I did, was not. I, I liked it at the, the time. Fervor. I, at the time, I was a little confused why everybody was so into it. I liked it. And in retrospect, that was a mistake because it's uh, garbage. Almost he did famous. The, the say anything I liked. That was him, but he didn't I direct so. it. He just wrote it. I don't know. I it's, thought I thought that was a Cameron Crowe movie. His, maybe yeah, it is. It is written by. It's okay. mostly as a director that he he's real garbage. But I haven't seen that movie in twenty years, so I don't even know if yeah. I like it. So, oh, he made the Pearl Jam twenty documentary. That was pretty good. But again, that was good. Again, no dialogue. It's the dialogue that's right. really just so sappy. The Pearl Jam guy spoke the dialogue. Yeah. He was just he was just capturing. Say anything. Singles, pretty good movie. Although haven't seen it in twenty five years. So if I were to go back and watch it right now, would I still think it was good? I don't know. It is good. But, but at the time when I saw this, I felt like it was cheesy. And then going back, I, I, I mean, like we're doing right now, I was thinking. What it was Cameron Crow awful? I, yeah. This is wow. So I would say Fast Times is a win. Something called The Wildlife that I'm not familiar with. Never oh, heard. Oh, of they it. did a TV series of Fast. Oh, just a pilot. Yeah, I mean they tried it with everything. First Bueller, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, say anything. So that's a win. He's got two singles. We'll put that in the win column. Right. Then we got. Then he's got a horrible run. Jerry Jerry Maguire. Almost famous, Vanilla Sky. Oh, Vanilla Sky sucks. So bad. Elizabeth Town, which is, I didn't, I don't I know that. I believe that might be a uh, friend of mine, um, Kirsten Dunst. Ooh. Star, who's Kirsten Dunst and I once shared a side by side pool chairs at a pool in Palm Springs, and we. Shot the shit for an afternoon, so we're very close. Uh, Pearl Jam 20, which was good. We bought a zoo, which I have to I assume see, is awful. It seemed, yeah. it seemed bad. Then he did Aloha, which is the one where not only was... What's the one who's who I can't remember? I'm going to have to click on her name. I'm gonna have Aloha. To, Aloha starring... She's female. All guys think she's so good looking. She's just normal looking. Emma Stone. Yeah. Oh, is that she where plays she an plays Asian. An Asian. She plays an Asian in that one. That's the only thing I know about that movie. That yeah. she plays. Yeah, Asian. and then and it like and not like in 1962 where Andy Rooney's in uh, Breakfast no, at Tiffany's. No, 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 no. This is like yes. this is like somewhat recently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was in 2015. She played Asian Anna Ng. She played, uh, which is isn't that that's a They Might Be Giants song? Is that where he got the name? I, I oh, Allison, know. Allison Ng. Um, I feel I feel much stronger about the Who than I do the Amazing Giants. Yeah, I'm not a fan. he uh, Cameron Crowe's really been coasting 
all of his career. And I don't think any of us took a real critical look at his output because it's, it's mostly like dog shit. He's yeah. like rookie of the year. Yeah. And then just kind of, yeah. yes. he was good, right? MVP and rookie of the year in the same right. year. And, right. then and then it's just kind of, it's just kind of okay. The rest of the time. Um, it's, this is a big hit though. I mean, it was, I feel like this it's came huge, out. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what the numbers, but I remember it being huge. I feel like it came out. Oh no, it came. It was a Christmas movie, December thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. Um, supposedly inspired by sports agent Lee Steinberg. Lee Steinberg shows yes. up in the end of the movie. Yeah, he gets in the end. Now, Lee Steinberg fell off the map. He you get boozy well, or he's back he, now i think he has um patrick well, he has mahomes, mahomes yeah. yeah and he's got a few other but guys before that, he, yeah. was, he was mia for well like a he decade. had he had alcoholism and right. now he just has a really um bad plug job that i think he bleaches saw him in an angel game one time um this film received critical acclaim Critics praising its acting and writing. The film was a massive financial success. $273 million worldwide on a budget of $50 million. Ninth highest grossing film of 1996. I feel like that's probably in the Con Air territory, right? The film was nominated for five... Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Tom Cruise. What? What? Cuba Gooding Jr. He won, won didn't he? the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor this year. Who didn't didn't Fargo come out in 1996? Yes. Like, Wait, so he beat he beat like Stormare and right, Buscemi. Buscemi, yep. Buscemi. Yes, William H Macy. I mean, yeah. What? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, the film was also nominated for Golden Globes. Tom Cruise won the Best Actor m- Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. And comedy three Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, you know the story, right? He's an agent. He has a, he, oh, he has a crisis, crisis of conscience. Yeah, immediately he's like lecturing you and hey, we there's six billion people on earth and I've just found a thirteen year old basketball player. Like yeah. he's he's Mr. Agent. He like goes through the places in the country and yeah, he's he's a real agent guy and he's like, This gymnast, you're gonna everyone's gonna know her name soon and this basketball player and I'm pretty sure agents maybe it wasn't that way back then, but agents specialize now. They get, you have a gymnast guy that does all the gymnastics people. You got right. guys that but, only do basketball. What's yeah. it, who's uh, the baseball guy that gets Boris? All the big, Boris. Yeah. He he just he doesn't dabble in NBA. He's, no, he's no. baseball. He's exclusively baseball. But at least Steinberg. Yeah. I think football. he was ju- he was just football. Yep. Yep. He had all. Remember, he had like Aikman and uh, Steve Young, and he had like well, all. I know. Steve, I know he had Steve Young yeah. because he appeared. In the 90210 episode where Steve Young showed up at Thanksgiving dinner. They're tossing the football in the yard. I've seen that one. He tosses, tosses the old pigskin outside. Um, yeah, it's so he's an agent. He has a crisis of conscience. There's a couple things here where you, you need a man on the set. Because there's a couple details. And Jason Stewart pointed this out in our Can't Buy Me Love episode. He's like... 
this kid right here is going to be, he's in high school baseball player. He's going to be, you're, he's going to be a household name. And then they show the kid swinging a wood bat. What is it? What is it? 1964? Wood bats? Like what is happening there? Like that's, that's not real. Uh, also they're like Odessa, Texas. This quarterback is gonna, is gonna be the number one draft pick. What college is in Odessa, Texas? It's true. That's high school. Your right. agent shouldn't be involved at that point. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you mean the Austin, Texas, the university of Texas? Like what, what are you talking right. about? Or is that his hometown? Like, again, confusing. <laughs> Sort it out. You know, you know, Tom Cruise is not the type to correct them on this one because he doesn't know shit. No, he definitely no, doesn't. Know. No, definitely. A few annoying cameos. So there's there's a um, scene. They open up with Wayne Fonts. I mean, what was the budget? They just ran yeah. out of money. Yeah. That, hey, you want to see how to go nine and seven? I'm the early version of Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that was where <laughs> they couldn't get. Who's the guy that died? That was the. Vikings coach Dennis Green. Oh, they couldn't Dennis get Green. Dennis Green. A lot of nine and seven, eight and eight guys. Right. Um, they, I, Cameron Crowe likes to sh- shoehorn in his buddies into movies. So like you go, like they're in the boardroom and all the agents are there and there's like Donald Logue and uh, Jay Moore and there's like a bunch of like actors from the time. And then who's the, who's the head of the agency? Jan Wenner from Rolling Stone magazine. Like what's... Oh, guy who loves, loves Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Brent Barry plays plays a basketball player. He's like won't sign a kid's card or something. I think that was in a thing. Uh, but he has a crisis of conscience, right? Because his he has a hockey player that gets his right. bell rung, and the, that guy used to be a Sinatra impersonator. I remember him. He, he was looked, in the commercials. He looked familiar. Yeah. I, I can't tell you what he was a Sinatra impersonator, but he was in a lot of stuff as a Sinatra impersonator. See, I recognized that guy. Um, yeah. His kid is like seven uh, and he Mullet, starts, he's got a cooksy vibe. Yeah, he starts yelling at the agent. He's like, Hey, when are you going to get my dad to quit? This is his fourth concussion in five seasons. Like no one knew what a concussion was in 1996. And also, who lets their fucking little brat yell at an adult? Right. That's where the the mom who's like hovering over the Sinatra yes. impersonator. That's where you go over and be like, Kevin, get in here. Yes, what are you doing? Right. You, you. And he gives him the finger and nobody, nobody yeah. stops him. He's like, fuck you. And also your dad's agent is the guy that gets him paid. Your dad's agent did not force him to go play for the, the mantra Les Habitants. Yeah. He didn't put him on the third line. Right. He's the agent. Right. He's the money guy. He's the, he's the one that's going to make sure you can go to college kid. Like what is and, going on here? And then he has a dream sequence where he's swimming with his suit on. And then sweating, sweating, and his he sleeps in a full outfit. Yeah, he he gets really wasted in his hotel room. Like he, it's kind of what's that movie with um, flight? Yes, but he, but it seems like he was just drinking. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 doing the uh, the heroin withdrawal. It looks like requiem for a yes, dream. And- yeah, it's like he's he's gone through all the mini bottles and the mini bar. And then he drafts, uh, and he even calls it this, which is so douchey. Oh, yeah. A manuscript. 
<laughs> and and he's drunk, right? He's drunk. That's where you wake up and be like, whew. Yes. Glad I didn't send that oh, one. Oh, my God. If I could, if I still possessed some of the drunken poetry I wrote when I was like 18, <laughs> where I would just stay up late doing all kinds of drugs and alcohol by myself, and I would just take out a notebook and just fucking write and just write pages and pages. And then, but then but it's not like he just replied all or sent to the entire company. Yes. He printed them out. Yeah. He woke up the next day. My, my poetry, I would just never look at again, but he woke up the next day and he, he thought, man, like, yeah, this feels right. And then, and so not only, and mind you, it would have taken a while to download. Sure. But email was a thing in 1996. Email existed. What does he right. do? He takes his manuscript and has it printed by a printer and bound and then distributed. Really feeling himself. Distributed. Fewer clients, less money. Yes. Let's the, do this. Yeah, the, what? And the name of it, the things we think and do not say. Little wordy. Yeah. and Maybe an editor. title. <laughs> terrible title. Yes. And are you saying a sports agency is thinking about fewer clients and less money? Yeah. Nobody's thinking that. Oh, of Not, you don't get into sports agent game to have fewer clients and less money. That's insane. Um, no, it's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. He gets to work and then they give him a standing ovation. Meanwhile, they're all talking behind his back. Uh, that was my favorite part. And that's the truest part because everybody would be shitting on the guy who just sent out a, uh, a, a manuscript to everyone. They'd be like, look at this fucking loser who just tanked his career without even reading it. No you one would totally even read it. It'd be like, who's this fucking asshole? We got to get rid of him. Like, what is this bullshit? Let's try to make a buck another, here. Another weird thing that Cameron Crowe did. What were those clips of the random agent? Like an old guy who would just give you, he, he'd pepper some advice yeah. in that. He yes. wasn't part of that the was cap. his mentor. Oh, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that was like flashback. He's like, my mentor, the great um, Dickie Johnson. Yeah, Dickie Cox (laughs) used to say. And then he would cut to that. And so the movie starts out and it's like there's this cloying narration from Tom Cruise. Does that continue throughout? I feel like it tails off. It tails off. But in the beginning, he's lecturing the audience. Yeah, he is. He's a real douche and you're not rooting for the guy. And then he he runs into Zellweger and Zellweger's real cute. And she's got yeah, an annoying she- kid and they like connect. And then, but it's just like a brief it's a brief um interaction. And then she she's like talking to her sister or something. She goes, "Whoever snagged him." This movie's so overwritten by the way. He goes, she goes, "Whoever snagged him must be some classy babe." Cut to the next scene. Tom Cruise is railing Kelly Preston against a playing oh, yeah. playing out of type for Tom Cruise railing Kelly Preston against a bookcase where she's like, just keep fucking me. Like it's very, very dirty. And Kelly Preston, and she is, she's got her fastball up, up around a hundred in this one. So hot. I mean, she, and she's like, if you make partner, I'll suck your cock every night. Like, it's just like, she's very dirty. Uh, it's very hot. Uh, By the way, but again, I went with yeah. uh, Zellweger's son, he's got like a like an old man's name too. I don't remember what it was, but it's like Ray. Ray, it's that- Ray. Yeah, the character. There are no, there are no little boys named Ray. You said it because 
part of this movie was this kid became a thing. Like he was on every talk show and stuff. So when you're like, well, I Googled what happened to him, bodybuilder, what happened to him? he became a bodybuilder. He's got some killer apps. Yeah. He's jacked. He got jacked. Yeah. It was like, you won't believe what happened yeah. to the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And he's just got these ridiculous apps. I saw that a few years ago. He's jacked. <laughs> Um, so, and then there's a bunch of like random, so Warren Moon's there, Eric Stoltz slums it for one scene. What's Eric Stoltz is a real actor. What was he doing there? Like he could have been the lead in this movie at that time. He's had such a weird career. Really weird. Because, you know, the, the, the crushing blow was getting replaced after two weeks as Marty McFly. Right. But that was early on. But then, but then he had like a really good career. But yet he's taking a, a scene, one scene role in this. Yeah, it's crazy. It just didn't make any and, sense. And a, and a small part in that one was, scene. Was Stoltz, is he one of these bug shug guys? Is he, did he get on the, know. did he get on the yak? Maybe. I mean, think money. of, think of how good he was in the two scenes in Pulp Fiction. Amazing, Lance. Amazing. He's great. Incredible. He's great. Every, every time he pops up, you're like, fuck yeah, Stoltz. Um, so, oh, then, the, Stoltz is one, the guy that's throwing him a bachelor party. So he's uh, Tom Cruise is getting married to Kelly Preston and it's good for him because she's down for it. Uh, they throw him a bachelor party and part of the, ba- the video, part of the bachelor party is his friends went to all of his ex-girlfriends and shot tape of them talking about what a horrid piece of shit he was right just and, confirming he has chlamydia right and then cut it together and we're like Haha, isn't this cool what kind of friends are those who would do that first of all who would be like hey guys let's get the strippers out of here this close set down your glasses your cigars just sit down i'm gonna um throw on a powerpoint here for about 90 minutes with clips of all these um, girls saying what a piece of shit Jerry Maguire is like buzzkill way to throw it. You, you ever had a wedding and they do, first of all, there's always like seven toasts and they're all 25 minutes yeah. long. And Made then honor toasts are the worst thing yeah. about weddings. And then they, find, then they do all the toasts and then they're like, and just real quickly, we're going to play a 45 minute slideshow. And by the time that happens, everybody at the wedding is asleep. <laughs> Don't do that at your wedding. If you ever get married, and I wouldn't suggest it, but if you do, you got to put your foot down on the video and the toasts. One toast, one male one toast. toast, one female toast. If your dad's paying the bill, he often. can make a toast. I haven't seen it too often, but a great move is have those toasts at the uh, rehearsal dinner. Better. That's better. Right? Because yes. that's a more intimate setting yes. with, with the people who know you and care. Most of the people are just being polite. Yes. They're just showing up. They just want to have a good time. If they're, they have to be there. They don't, they don't care about anything that happened to you in high school. Oh, and you know, Steve and Nancy met at the mall. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at that wedding. Uh, absolutely. Totally agree with you. Is your, your dad's work buddies, like get the fuck out of here. Um, so that again, this contributes to his crisis of conscience, right? He's like, I'm a bad person. I'm going to continue being an agent which is a slimy profession, theoretically, right? Right. It's not like he's, he goes, I'm going to quit and do, because agents are lawyers for by and large. Right. So right. I'm going to defend these right, guys. Right. I can go defend under privilege. I'm going to go tackle the fucking, the crooked bail system. Or, you know, I'm going to do pro bono work for single mothers. Like it's, 
He doesn't do that. He's like, I'm going to continue being an agent. I'm just going to have less clients. What's like, how philanthropic is that? What's, what kind of good works is he doing there? So the, the, I'm, I'm going to be a burden on my one client. Right. Exactly. So, and his office, I, I got to point out, looks like a 12 year old boy's room. He's just got like posters. Yeah. Here's yes. Katarina Vitt yeah. and here's, here's mm-hmm. Emmett Smith. Mm-hmm. So we hear just remember, remember Katarina Vitt did that. She did that Playboy in the nineties. Of course, I yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah. That's one of the more important moments yes. of my childhood. That's a, that's a classic. That was a classic month. I've only cared to watch figure skating at one era of my life, and that was when Katarina Vitt yeah. might be on TV. Yeah. Uh, so then he goes to lunch with Jay Moore, who fires him. But Jay Moore is not his boss. Jay Moore's his equal. At his equal level at the company. And also, um, when you when you fire somebody, that is a fucking legal proceeding. Like, you have, things have to be done by the book. Pe- there has to be witnesses. You don't just, you can't just fucking take somebody out to lunch with their co-worker and go, oh, by the way, you're fucking fired. That was a weird turn of events, right? That's true. Right. He, they were just competing over the same clients. Yes. He fires. I'd be like, dude, you're not my boss. You can't fire me. Well, I'm going back and talking to I'm talking to Jan Wenner. I think right around this time, 1996, my buddy Jake and I were on the set with Jay Moore and Jennifer Aniston. Yes. And Kevin Dunn from uh, Veep. And the scene was Aniston throwing a glass of water in his face at a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So every time they did it. They had to dry his face again. They had to new get out shirt. the hair dryer. Yep. New shirt. It just the setup for the scene was insane. And Jay Moore was really thinning at the time too, so he probably was like, "Hey, go easy. Not not a lot of heat." <laughs> yeah, and take it easy on that towel. Just You're gonna rip some hair out. To go low heat on the hair dryer because this is all I got here. Um. So then he like tries to keep all his clients right, and they all leave him, of course, except for potentially the fat kid from Stand by Me, who's going to be the number one. What's his name? Jerry. Jerry O'Connell. O'Connell. And undersized slot receiver, Cuba Gooding Jr., who plays for the Cardinals, who really hams it up in this movie, all the way to somehow an Academy Award. Well, he must have loved this because Cuba Gooding has so many scenes with a guy that he has a couple inches on. Yeah. Which doesn't happen in any other movie for Cuba Gooding. They're both pretty little. Yeah. Not one movie in his career has he looked down on somebody, and he can in this one. And this is where you get the whole, uh, I should have queued it up. This is, or not. This is where you get the whole, show me the money Oh, scene. is it here? Yeah, it's right. Because he, he's, he's trying to call all his clients, and all his clients are like, oh, sorry, Jerry, fuck off. I'm going with Bob Sugar. Oh, yeah. But right. yeah, even Kajana Carter tells him to fuck off. And right. Kajana Carter was like out of the league by that point. There was um, there was a few guys I didn't recognize. Mr. Black person. I wrote yeah. that down. He, he announces he's Mr. Black person. Yeah, he goes, well, he they're like, you don't know what it's like to be black, which is empirical. Um, but he's like, what are you talking about? I'm Mr. Black or something. Do you think Bob Sugar like something like that? Yeah. Um, um, it's problematic. But anytime I see Cuba Gooding. I just see that clip of him saying, somebody suck that baby's dick. <laughs> Wait, what's that from? Well, 
in real life. Oh, he said that in real Here. life? Yeah, I'm going to try to play it. Let's see if I, I okay. get a hold okay. it. Cuba Goody Jr. likes to tie one on. That's, uh, yeah, that it was October of last year. Somebody's like that baby dick. That is just a stunning development there. I was not ready for that. Um, so he, so he, Cuba Gooding Jr., Rod Tidwell, is, becomes his only client. He loses all his clients and he's got to start over. He walks out of the agency. So, just after Cuba Gooding Jr.'s just massive, massive overacting scene, show me the money, Jerry, show me the money, he's yelling in the phone. The very next scene, you like don't get a breather because here comes Tom Cruise with his massive oh, overacting this, where he's marching out, where he's like, I'm taking the fish. And he kind of acts like he's drunk, but he's not because he's just right, leaving he's work. Lecturing everybody about their manners. We're yeah. going to have manners. He's a real asshole. And, what, and also, yeah. what kind of shitty agency, like I said, with the with the posters on the wall, they just have a Sean Camp cutout in the middle of the office? That's not – I feel like agents have yeah. kind of a classy vibe. This yeah. this looks like it's decorated by Tidwell's son. No, you would have like framed – Yeah. Like c- copies of like, you know, pictures of your guys winning the Lombardi trophy or something. Right. It's very cluttered yeah. with a Sean Kemp cardboard cutout. Yeah. The, and so then we learn, we start learning a little bit about Zellweger because she lives, leaves with him. She's like an accountant. He's like, who's coming with me? It's shocking that anybody left, but she's, she's motivated by his stealing the fish. And she's like, I'll go with him. And then, so we're learning a little bit, bit about her. Her husband died. Right. Do we ever learn? And she's only 26. We and she's got a, she's got a, what, five-year-old? Five-year-old, I'd say, yeah. So she had a baby early. The husband died. Was this, was this a fentanyl OD, possibly? <laughs> uh, it could be. Drive, could be. driveway aneurysm? Um, whatever Tidwell's, happened. Tidwell's yeah. walking around his house, and he's got all kinds of, like, shitty advertisements featuring Rod Tidwell right. hanging up. Like, he has a waterbed. Yeah, he, he wants to up. get he wants to get better. Uh, he wants to get better sponsorships. Right now, he's just got like the Ja Rule, um, Euro place <laughs> kind of deals. You know, he yeah. doesn't have the he doesn't have the good the good hookups. Um, Bonnie Hunt is Renee Zellweger's sister, and for some reason, she's smoking a cigarette in the kitchen. What's that? I didn't know that. Well, I mean, Bonnie Hunt is is a very lazily written character. Yeah, I would say the best actress, or the best actor in this movie, fantastic Regina, comic actress, like re, really no, nails like, it every well, time. I, I was going to say Regina King. Yeah, she's a pro. Yeah, oh yeah, she's, she's good in, too. She's a pro. But Bonnie Hunt, she's ri- she's so poorly written. Yeah, and she's the only character that's making sense. Yeah, that's true. She's she she's written to be oh this rag. She's she's yeah. denying true love. She's yeah. the one who's like, are you sure this guy's into you? Yes. Are you, are you yeah. sure he's into that kind of thing? She's like, like he's having a midlife crisis. Can't you see that? Right. And yeah. you're supposed to view her as like the villain. 
And she's the only one on point in this movie. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Her and Regina King are the only good parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise has to, he's really trying to, to sign up this number one, the guy, uh, Jerry O'Connell, who's going to be the number one draft pick. So he goes down to Odessa to meet with him and his dad, Bo Bridges. And Bo Bridges is drinking a morning beer, which is pretty sweet. Like, yeah. <laughs> feels feels like uh, that's that's the kind of dad that's hoping to cash in and he's not going to stick with Jerry Maguire. No, no. And, but then he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, um, we're, we trust you, Jerry. We're going with you and don't worry. We don't need to sign anything foreshadowing. Right. But you don't need to sign anything. And this super agent doesn't think that that's going to knock him out. This guy's got a law degree. Um, he goes and he goes because my word is stronger than oak. There's all sorts of like stupid, dumb, like cloyingly trite right. lines in this movie. Uh, then, then you get a long hang with the with the kid, the overly cute Jonathan Lipnicki. Yes, the human head know, weighs eight no, pounds. No, first you have you have uh, another Cameron Crowe staple. The singing along scene, the free falling. So they're just going to try to right. shit on. He's driving. Song. He's driving because he's and so the, happy to have inked his client. But inking a client means they sign a document saying right. that they're going to work with you. Hey, it's I just got word in word in oak. Yeah. Yes. Right. You his words as good as oak. And quickly, he, then they go to the draft, and he's like, "Hey, Rod Tidwell, you should come with me to the draft." And meanwhile, this Jerry Maguire, he's turned over a new leaf, except that he immediately fucks over his only client at the draft. Well, he ditches him, right? Yeah, they get to the airport, and he's like, "See you later," and just leaves him standing there, so he can go over and cozy up to his new Cush, his new number one draft pick client. And then while Rod Tidwell's standing there, this this scene drove me crazy. Some kid comes up to him and he's like, hey, are, are you Hootie? <laughs> That's a crushing blow. And I know he's kind of short, but I mean, what, and also what 11-year-old is familiar with Hootie? No. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, like, wow. is that who's who's going to do that? Um, Bob Sugar, Jay Moore eventually poaches as was all too easy to see. He poaches. Um, Kush from Jerry Maguire, and and then you get a little unnecessary racism from Bo Bridges, the dad, where he's like, "Yeah, we signed, uh, we signed with Bob Sugar an hour ago. I believe you were busy down in the lobby with the black fella." <laughs> wow! And also, why would how many when you when you see why would there be? a six-year veteran at the draft. What's he doing? Well, there? there was a scene where he's like, I think it would be good if you came to the draft. Like, there'll be for, people. For why, why would it be good for him? Well, I, also, why does, the, why does the head coach negotiate contracts? I don't know. It's, there's, That's those true. details the are there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Ke- Kelly, Pre- I was looking away from the TV quite a bit. Does Kelly Preston cheat on him or what happens? Because she, I looked up and she's punching him in the face repeatedly. He, dumps her oh he does yeah she 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 doesn't like that he's turned into a pussy she works for the nfl i think right yeah because she she doesn't like how he's right he's uh he wants you know to be like the the next next generation cuddly agent yeah well even though he's not 
we've seen how Kelly Preston's character gets down in this movie. She's ambitious. Like, right. She she takes what she wants. She doesn't wait for you to give it to her. She takes it, which is an impressive quality. She beats the living fuck out of him. He, I feel like she could have been charged for that. And you could never have that scene where a man does that to a woman in a movie. And it's just no, played for laughs. That's a Tawny Katane, Chuck Finley situation. Right. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same thing, but it's not, it shouldn't be played for laughs in my opinion. Um, right. And then Tom Tom Cruise gets drunk and he's overacting. It's so bad. He gets drunk and then he's wearing a suit and sunglasses with his shoes on yep. in his own home. Yep. Jumping rope. Right. And then he goes over to Renee Zellweger's house for some reason. And she does a long soliloquy where to her sister where she's like, I've had three lovers in four years. Who says that? it's weird right it's, it's like book club is that what's going on yes it's you know it's divorced women's night they have a di- okay. like a support group and one of them is the the white girl from uh in loving living color kelly caulfield is that her name oh is it i thought it was the one who's married to i think it is the one who's married to george stephanopoulos who's got the vid uh, Allie I mean, Wentworth. Allie Wentworth. That's, but that's not the that's In not Living her? Color. I think no, no. I think that's, it's Kelly Caulfield from In Living Color. She, Jim Carrey was the white guy, and she was the white woman. Right. I know who you're talking about. I thought it was Allie Wentworth. I'm gonna defer to you because you're. Did she usually, have the vid? Yeah, Al, Allie Wentworth had the vid. I think she recovered though. Okay. Hold on. I'm just looking right here at the. I don't know. I don't see. Oh, yeah. No, it's Alexandra Wentworth as Bobby Fallon. Oh, they're both in there. Kelly Caulfield is also okay. there. And Allie Wentworth. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of faces that pop up in this movie. Uh, then, So then he goes to, he's like, finally, I'm going to work on my one client. The other guy fucked me over. I'm going to go to Cardinals camp, which is must have been like mini camp because we just had the draft. It's not actual right, yeah, training but, camp. But- OTAs they would have. Right, right, right. Just after the draft. And then, so Glenn Fry is the coach again. Oh, Jesus. Glenn Fry, he got a lot of acting jobs. I wouldn't call Miami, him. An, I blame Miami Vice, yeah, right? That's he was, where. Yes. Yep. He did that Smuggler's Blues and then he played. He was actually on the show. Um, he's the coach, but he also negotiates the contracts for some reason. And also he's like best friends with Tom Cruise, but also stands him up at a bar. Um, Oh, here's a thing that I'll never understand. Why these, these major league locker rooms, clubhouses, you go to these guys, they have lazy boy recliners at their lockers. They got, they got clubbies shining their cleats for them. They got everything. And yet when the game's over, or practice is over and it's time to clean the sweat off your body. They all just get their fucking dicks out and just walk into the same room and just fucking take a shower and just everybody looks at each other's cock the whole time. What? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. How are we not getting dividers? How are we not That's just a good point? Why don't we just have our own yeah, why stall? Are we back to prison? This is like prison showers. 
Yeah, it's just. What are we doing here? Everybody just got their cocks out, and we're professionals. We make millions of dollars, and we just got to shower in a room with a bunch of nude men. I don't think so. It's crazy. And he's having like a meeting, and Rod Tidwell's not happy, and they got to work it out. And then the Springsteen plays, and he goes on a date with, with. uh, Oh, I we totally missed the whole "you complete me" part. Speaking of cloying. Over the top oh, romanticism. Does, that, does I think, that happen at the divorce woman thing? No, I think it happens when they're leaving the when they first leave the in the elevator from the agency when they quit. There's the there's the couple next to him signing. Oh, the, yeah, the deaf couple is signing right. complete. And he's like, he's like, I wonder what they said. And and Renee Zellweger's like, my favorite aunt is. Or I think she might have said aunt. My favorite aunt is hearing impaired, and he said you complete me, which deaf hearing impaired or not. He needed to be kicked in the dick for saying that. I'll just say that. (laughs) Well, it's it's yeah, we we can get into it at the end because it's so cheap. Well, yeah, because it gets worse at the end and they go to Mexican food. And then I don't really understand. Does he eat her out on the porch? Because they're standing there. Hold on. They're standing there what? and they like go to make out and then like her spaghetti straps fall off or something. And then so he kneels down and while he's kneeling down, she goes. Ah, ah. And she like I totally missed that. She kind of closes her eyes and lets him roll back. And then he comes right back up and he's like fixing her spaghetti straps. And I'm like, wait, what yeah, was he- happening there? Maybe he was like handing her a mask. Hey, uh, can you put on this Glenn Fry mask? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then they get married, but then they immediately break up. Can you explain that to me? Because well, I was completely lost at that well, point. First of all, he he has one client and he's trying to get him in better ads, right? And he gets him on on a camel. He has that one commercial shoot where Rod Tidwell's on a camel, and it's a horrible ad, like a used car dealership. So he's doing terribly with this one client. Then they go to the wedding and Rod Tidwell totally sees it's a sham marriage. Oh, really? Remember, he says you're dating a single mother. Essentially, don't don't toy with her emotions. Have a talk with her. And 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 uh, Jerry Maguire keeps going. "Uh, Yeah, but I love that kid. Great kid. And he's so into the kid. And then it's clear on the wedding day. And for some reason, I don't I don't know. But after my wedding, I didn't watch video of the wedding with some of the guests. But that's what he does. And it's clear in the video. He's not even into her. And he's high fiving Rod Tidwell in the kitchen instead of even like hugging his wife. And it's clear they're not into each other. And within like two days, they're out. Yeah, it's it's really, really confusing because they get so married. Well, does sing at the wedding, sings a great song. What's going on by Marvin Gaye? Yeah, it's a, yeah. I'd rather hear the Marvin Gaye version. Um, <laughs> Me too. The, he, but that was it. They, they, they're watching the video yeah. and everybody's sitting around watching the video and you can tell he's not even remotely happy getting married. Yeah, yeah. So then they kind of break up. And then, but then he goes to the game 
where Rod Tidwell, it's Monday, the Cardinals somehow are on Cardinals Monday Night Football. Play. Talk talk about fantasy. This is where you need to get a, a man on the set because the Cardinals are playing on Monday Night Football. And he, Rod Tidwell, like nearly breaks his neck, but doesn't. And he comes to and he's fine. And then he does a, he does a easily flaggable end zone celebration where he break dances, he pop locks, he does the whole spin thing. But in the process, Jerry Maguire shows himself to be you know, really in their corner. He calls Regina King. He's like, stay by the phone. I'm on this. We don't know what's wrong yet, but I'll let you know as soon as we know what's going on. But he comes to everything's fine. For some reason, all the agents watch the game in the press box, which I thought was weird. Everybody come every. And they said right before he catches that touchdown where he hurts his neck and he hurt his neck, but then immediately got up and started dancing. So, I don't know. Was he concussed? He yeah. He got a lot of concussions. He might have had the uh, he, CTE. Yeah, he might have had a the stadium spins as they're called. Um, um but, yeah. but he's dancing around, and everybody's going up to Jerry like congratulations. They mentioned that was his sixth catch of the game. It's not like he broke the NFL record. Yeah. He probably had six catches for 89 yards in the touchdown, and immediately he's like saying to Glenn Fry, "This is going to cost you." Right. And oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go long term on a guy that just broke his neck. And the whole thing was he didn't want to pay him because he was undersized. Well, guess what? He just demonstrated why you don't want to pay a guy like that. Oh, wait, I we skipped over some part where he Tom Cruise is trying to sound cool to Cuba Gooding. And he says, I didn't shoplift the pootie. Oh, it's a real yeah. douche. It's a really yeah, it's, douche. It's a real like, look how white I am uh, type of thing. Yeah, it's real cheesy. So then once he's once he's worked everything out, he's like, we had a very good night tonight. Like he's really excited. And again, it was just like he made he caught a touchdown pass and almost died in a Monday night game. And apparently that's really good for his career. But he goes back. He's got to win back his girl. And so he goes to her house again and there's all the divorce chicks are there talking. Bonnie hunts there. And then he makes some real like dumb speech and he's like, you complete me. And then she's like, shut up, just shut the fuck up, shut up, shut up. And then she drops the line that, and it's still, this is in the song and it gets played over and over. Like they'll, they do the Oscars right. montage and this will always be in there. And she's like, you had me at hello <laughs> how it's, is that how how are we still allowing cameron crow to write things he's a bad writer that's a bad line it's bad and, you and complete also, me's bad they're you, all bad you complete me is a real shitty line because it's saying he's saying i had a good night tonight but i could have felt better if you were at my side so he's not really talking about what he can do for her yeah. he's saying I need to, to have the best time. You need to also be in my camp. He's yep. not. Yep. He's not off. He, it's, he it's was what an a narcissist in, says. He's an ineffective. Yep. Husband. Persuader. And they mm-hmm. broke up. They broke up because he just was not showing her any desire to be with a woman. hundred percent. Couldn't agree and with you more. The sister is pointing it out. Diagnosed it perfectly. Bonnie Hunt. And then he shows up and he's like. You know what? Tonight would have been a better night if you were at my side. You complete me. Yeah, you complete me. What? And then she's like, you had me at hello. That's a a 
pretty low bar. Can you imagine if you, if you were the type of guy that all you had to do is say hello to a girl and they would fall in love with you? Like, right. you had and me they, at hello. They constantly, they constantly show how good of uh, a relationship uh, Rod Tidwell and Regina King have. Right. That's like a re- they're really in love. And it's clear Jerry and Renee Zellweger are not in love. Not as much. Not as not the same type of Well, I mean, I get the feeling he thinks she might be icky. I don't. Oh, right. Well, I was he definitely was. He might have PTSD or he definitely was overwhelmed by the sexing that Kelly Preston was putting on him because she was she was going next levels on that. And he was. You could tell he, he kind of wanted, it. yeah, he kind of wanted to turn it down. He was like, this is a lot. Like, I don't, and this then, is, this is yuck. And then, then maybe the most unrealistic part of the movie is how Rod Tidwell finds out about his contract. Oh, he's, this is so ridiculous. First of all, he's getting interviewed by Roy Firestone and I, I'll be honest. I hadn't seen Roy Firestone in a long time. Right. This is what this is. It was always odd to me because I used to watch ESPN a lot. Just turned it on. Yep. And anytime that was on, I'd be like, what is going on here? Apparently the inside sources tell me that Roy Firestone owned that show and it was on every afternoon for like 20 years on ESPN. And he banked all of the money. And then thought he was going to be and decided, you know what? This is too easy. Decided he was going to like go be a comedian or lounge singer or something. And just not funny. Just quit. But he was really, really unfortunate looking like just the hair, the hair, bad hair, the face, the name, like all of it was just awful. And he was there and he's like, Hey, I got some news for you, Rod. You just signed for um, four years, $11.5 million. And then wouldn't Rod be like, well, I didn't sign anything. I didn't sign anything. My agent's supposed to know the contract details. Why would Roy Firestone know that? Right. And also Lee Steinberg shows up at the taping of that interview with Troy Aikman. If we're talking about guys who might want you to know something. Um, Yeah. I would agree, hundred um, percent. That's it. Well, the final scene, yeah. the little talk is source that kid, Nikki, before he gets those rock hard abs. They're walking through the park, and a baseball rolls to their feet. Oh yeah, and, yep. and I mean, yes, he's five years old. But you could teach the kid to not throw it like a grenade. Yeah. And threw it like a grenade, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, that's a major league arm." He well, he winged it, but he threw it like a grenade. Right, he th- he didn't have a good motion, but also again, put a put put a real a man on set, a guy that's seen a sporting event f- before, and just make it look like a good throw from a kid. He threw it and he was like way behind the dugout and he winged it over the fence. Into the outfield. Yeah, over the the backstop into the like mid center field. 
Like just maybe have him throw a real hard one that the kid catches or something, you know, and be like, wow, a nice little arm on him. Like, don't it's ridiculous. He didn't throw it to anyone. He threw it a hundred feet past everybody. Like, like he's, uh, you know, like he's nuclear Lelouch. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird ending. So the implication is that in 15 years or 13 years, this is his next client. Right. Well, he might be. I mean, his dad's dead. How big was he? You got to be pretty big to be a ball player. It's it's a fucking Cameron Crow. Yeah, he's. We gave. We've given him a pass too long. Luckily, I, I just think we've got to cancel him. I just looked at his IMDb. He hasn't done anything. It doesn't appear to be working on anything, and I think that's for the best. Was the Pearl Jam thing his last? Or, or no, no, he did. He had a you know, well that that, and then he had a series. I think it was on Showtime called Roadies, because you know he's he he was a writer for Rolling Stone. He loves music. He always puts music in his movies, and they're all into music. And so he had something called Roadies, which apparently yeah. didn't go. That's it might have gone one season on Showtime. Yeah, he's right. He's delivered. I can't imagine he's going to deliver anything we're going to want to watch again. No. No. So yeah. you you had a few hits. You kind of one of your later stage things was a decent documentary. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. He hasn't made he hasn't made anything since 2016. Maybe he's retired. Maybe he just did us all a favor and just. <laughs> this movie yeah. was shit. Ooh, he made a David Crosby. He produced a David Crosby documentary in 2019. Again, this we don't have to hear his dialogue. So David David Crosby. Not a friendly guy. No, I heard he's a real asshole. He's very angry. Yeah, I've heard that. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. I would not suggest watching it. Uh, But next on It's on Netflix, but I don't, I I think you've, most of you have already seen it and that's all you need. And also it broke our two hour rule. It's like two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. There was a good forty-five minutes in the middle that I just kind of same, same. After he, after he, he mouth sexes her on the porch, and then they get married and divorced. The whole marriage and divorce thing was completely lost on me. It was very. Then they're like at a Chili's, and and Regina yeah, the King. The only thing I know is birth. on the wedding day, Cuba Gooding's looking at the, the video and being like, "Okay, you guys aren't in love at all. You really fucked up." Yeah. Well, and then they got divorced. He gets it. He's a good friend. And then they get back together. All right. For Ed Daily, my name is Brian Beckner. We're doing Point Break next week. This has been episode 326 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye.